To support Book Reviews Kill and hear exclusive deleted scenes, please head to the link to our Patreon in the description for this episode. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, apparently, Horizon Zero Dawn, the very popular Sony-exclusive video game, is being made into a Netflix series. (gasps) Really? In Thursday's investor briefing call, Sony Pictures Entertainment CEO Tony Vincicera announced the plans to adapt PlayStation titles Horizon Zero Dawn and Gran Turismo into television. So I don't really know how they're going to do Gran Turismo. Gran Uh, Turismo? Like the racing game? Yeah, like just (laughs) exclusively just racing cars. There's like no people in that game. But I think Horizon Zero Dawn is a that's a great call. Tell me about the story. I don't know anything about. Oh, you haven't played it. No. Oh, I don't even want to. I don't want to get too I've much away. I've been told away, by so many people that I need to, though. It's an incredible game, really. It's. I mean, I still haven't played the second one yet. I'm planning on playing it soon. Is it like Breath of the Wild level? Um, no, nothing is as good as Breath yeah, of the Wild. In, I mean, in my, like in my it's humble, like, is it as good as the Lord of the Rings movies? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but it is. It is really. I mean, as far as like open world games, like yeah, and the story is what I played it for essentially really? okay I mean, basically it's like i don't want to give t- it's it's hard to really describe it without giving away like why everything is kind of the way it is okay it's but like it's, a discovery sort of story yeah but we're following this character named aloy from it's kind of a, a little bit coming of age at the beginning but you're mostly just um it's when she she must be like like 20 or something early 20s late teens but she's kind of like introduced into this tribe as like a warrior and then the kind of like chaos ensues like she's not really welcome in the tribe um and it's all like kind of after the end of like our civilization uh Mm. so there's there's still a lot of like technology kind of left around is it specifically placed on like dystopian future earth yeah it's i think it takes place in utah actually interesting yeah i've i've played it twice (laughs) i loved it so much it's such an excellent game um so yeah i would and i mean really i'm not really big on cutscenes in games but i really loved the story in this it, the, the story is everything that's really good news though i mean i still haven't watched the halo show <laughs> that's okay i'm a, i didn't watch this week's episode uh, okay cool i'm just saying like you know video games into film has never really been like that great wait can we think of one that's like really good one that's really good uh yeah i mean i can't like, i haven't probably like started as a game and then turned into a. I can't think of anything. I mean, you watched the Warcraft movie. Oh yeah, but I mean, you know, I really enjoyed that, but not <laughs> yeah. because it was like an incredible piece of like cinematic brilliance. Right. It was just a fun like fantasy romp. I was kind of excited to see the Assassin's Creed movie, and then it got like a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that IMDb. out? That came out like five years ago. Oh wow! I remember at some point in my life being like, I want to watch that, and then I yeah. never did. It's probably because it was so terrible. I don't know. It's weird because, you know, this is a fictional, like, this is a bookish podcast for the most part. And we do, you know, we talk about video games and stuff whenever we feel like it. But um, I feel like there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I mean, I really, I I usually don't really gravitate towards story-driven games. I really just like it when it just plops you down and you just go, right? And there's no, that's why I like From Software games so much is because it's, there's like a little cutscene in the beginning where it's just like, this is why everything is the way it is. Right, you don't need a purpose. You're just like, let me just hack. Yeah, um, but with Horizon Zero Dawn, it is kind of like watching a movie. Hmm. 
I like that. That's why I liked the Metal Gear franchise a lot because they were always until they got so convoluted, but they were <laughs> very much like playing a game and it was like this discovery, all this mystery and or playing a movie. And I really, really liked those in that style. I, I felt very like in those games, but it's pretty hard to get you to feel like you are the character as opposed to playing something else, you know, or as like, I don't know, easier. It's immersion's a lot easier with books. I was thinking of the, um, oh, what's that? video game series with time sands of time oh prince of uh, persia prince of persia what a terrible yeah. movie i didn't watch it is it, oh, wait, it was who terrible. was it who was the main character or who, I, who was the actor i don't remember wasn't it the guy from donnie darko i'm blanking on his name oh maybe so <laughs> it was I so it bad but the games i loved the games man like so cool they were like what birthed assassin's creed yeah, like that jake whole parkour. yeah jake gyllenhaal <laughs> all right <laughs> playing like, like a not even friends. listening to you talking i just like <laughs> had to find out if it was jake gyllenhaal because i some part of me just knew just knew it was the gyllenhaal huh yeah that was a terrible terrible movie yeah he looks really good in it <laughs> <laughs> he's like super hot oh yeah he looks great i mean he's a that's funny <laughs> they're like well, okay guys we got jake we can make the prince of persia movie now he's on he's on board <laughs> i will say this is a good segue actually because netflix has been pretty on their game in my opinion making well okay i watched one show that i thought was cool but i was watching and it's riddled with problems so don't hate me everyone for saying wow. this is a good show what but i've I been gotta know now <laughs> i've been watching this show called another life it's basically like um i don't i don't know if it's ex- explicitly gives us the year of earth but like probably like 2000 like 70 or something like we've got space travel we can go the speed of light you know we can warp drive and all that stuff Uh, but we don't know we haven't made contact with any aliens and the show begins with an alien spacecraft landing on earth and then like blooming into this big tower thing and they're like they can't figure out what it is but they can figure out where it came from and so they're like, oh, so they get together a force and they send the force out on a ship to go to that star system to ask the aliens, like, what's up? Because <laughs> there must be aliens now, you know? So that was first contact, but it didn't really, it was pretty uh, unsatisfying since we now just have this like alien tower on Earth and we don't really know like what it's doing. <laughs> uh, and then the vast majority of the show is the ship traveling to and all of the, things that go wrong which are many and there is so if someone's like oh my gosh that show is so easy to make fun of yes yes it is but i've really been enjoying it yeah it got canceled after two seasons oh really it doesn't look like you're gonna get any closure out of it oh man i was so excited to learn because i thought that it just came out so i'd like watch season one and then i was like it flowed into season two and i was like wow yeah i get a whole other season But it is, I mean, dude, like the AI is ridiculous. He's like super emotional and it's like constantly able. He's like always locked out of stuff. They're like, (laughs) close down the thing. He's like, I'm locked out of the eternal gas. You're like, why? You're the ship. How are you locked out of your own? It's ridiculous. And he's like emotional. So it's like emotional breakdowns. You're like, are you going to keep watching it now that you know there's only two seasons? I got to finish. You got to finish whatever. Yeah, I'm like a season and a half in. (laughs) What have have you been doing this week? Uh, Well, that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, except for watching a show that doesn't have an ending. Yeah, yeah, I I crushed like a season though. Let's see what else have I been doing? Oh, oh, so I finished also, and this isn't that impressive because there's not very many of them. But I finished the season of the third season of Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, cool. while we're on shows, we might as well talk about that. It is incredible. Actually, since we've talked about it, uh, multiple people have told me to watch it. 
Oh, nice. But apparently that third season is just Ooh. really good. It is clutch-tastic, dude. It is everything <laughs> that it should be and more. You just want to get like weird little interesting situations. It's kind of like a like a day in the life of series, right? Like if there was an alien bounty hunter in this interesting situation, boom, give us this like two hour episode of his life in like 15 minutes. Wow. Oh, it's so awesome. It's definitely my favorite season. And there was like not one episode that I was like filler episode. Everyone was unique and just cool in its own right. My favorite one, I think, which I'm going to tell you about, and and not in spoilers, but there's this one called Kill Team Kill. Basically a bunch of like army mercenaries that, I don't know if they're on another planet or something, you know, it doesn't matter. They're just in a situation, they're trying to hunt down some bad, bad guys, and then they come across another group of their soldiers that have just been decimated, like grisly, and it's all like... I don't know if it's cell shaded. It's like very cartoony. This one, basically there's like, they meet this guy who's like, Oh yeah, there was a government secret lab near here. And there's a bear that they've mechanic mechanicized. They've turned into a big mech. It's like half bear, half mech. And of course that went wrong and just slaughtered. It's like a, the apex killing machine and it got away from them and kills everything. And it's just a 30 minute, 20 minute. I don't even know of just this squad trying to stay alive attacking this being attacked by this mechanical bloodthirsty bear and it is so awesome <laughs> okay yeah i'll watch it I, I, if it's 15 minutes i think i have the attention span for that kind of tv be, show be warned it is grisly okay. and that is not a bear reference <laughs> <laughs> that was so lame <laughs> i didn't even know it was happening until i said it and i was like oh fuck yeah <laughs> book wise i have been reading me some warbreaker which oh, we're yeah. going to be going, uh, we're breaking up that, and that's our next uh, review recap episodes to any who don't know, and we'll be doing that. What do you think? This next week we'll be launching our first episode? Yeah, we're going to try to record it in the next couple of days, um, and then probably have it out Thursday and try to cool. do that. I'm going to be traveling, so I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Evan's going to be such a trooper, guys. He's going to be traveling and podcasting still. I was like, dude, I can do it. I can handle a couple of these ones. He was like, the show must go on. So... <laughs> We're going to do it. And I also start, so we'll go into Warbreaker and it's awesome, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in depth on the podcast. And then I've been reading Station Eleven, which I started just um, just like two or three days ago. Oh, cool. I didn't know you started that. Yeah, it's good. A, yeah. Um, it's very, very good. It was sent to me. And thank you so much for sending me that book. It is so good. I'm like, it's, I had to keep switching over to Warbreaker or episodes of Another Life because after a little bit, it just kind of gets you down. It's kind of a bummer book, but yeah. it's also it's also not in a way. Well, there's like a there's like an element of hope weaved in there and like new beginnings and everything. But man, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I need some. You more didn't uh, you didn't read the stand, did you? No. So like the first like third of the stand is just kind of it's kind of like Station Eleven in parts where like a really cool part of Station Eleven is how it's like, okay, this is how this is actually going down. You're just reading it like, oh, God, this is like oh. when people are kind of like slowly starting to realize like the gravity of the actual situation yeah. that is like this pandemic and how quickly it's spreading. And 
then you know we we got a little taste of that with coronavirus and so, like, obviously uh, i don't think people would call it coronavirus <laughs> with covid19 we got yeah, a, like a little we got a little taste of that right there was like that initial kind of fear and it right. was a very scary situation but it wasn't like this thing that was going to kill like 99 percent of the population it wasn't like a four-hour kill you sort of right disease. so like the coolest parts in my opinion of station 11 are like those little moments where you're kind of with one of these characters and they're like oh nobody's coming to help us like this right. is yeah it's it's really and you know it's a, it's a really good kind of like example of showing and not telling where you know she never explicitly writes like it was this bad you know it's all just kind of like in the the little kind of like reactions that these characters have to this situation oh man it's so well done oh that's very well said because that's exactly what you get is just kind of through the eyes of and these little sparse little chunks um i also really like and i'm not very far into the book but i really like her character development because she'll introduce and again i don't know that maybe these other characters will come back into play later but we'll spend you know not considerable but some time with a character only it seems to be introduced to a character that that person kind of like tertiarily runs into i don't know if that's a word but kind of kind of runs interacts with for a little bit and then you spend more time, they go off and do their thing. And then all of a sudden you go to the other person that they kind of interacted with in a short little bit right. over their chapter. Yeah, that's like, like oh, the whole book. Cool. Yeah, It's it's really interesting and I like it a lot because it kind of keeps me on my toes. I'm like, who am I going to get to hear about next? I know I know that Emily St. John Mendel has a lot of uh, other books that people seem to really like. I think Station Eleven just kind of really took off. Um, she's a really talented writer, though. Yeah, really yeah, good Yeah, I stuff. mean, her, uh, her whole sickness taking over the world thing was... I don't want to say in, but, you know, was definitely a, a thing. In- <laughs> well-timed. <laughs> Well-timed. It's kind yeah. of like a, the, the conspiracy that, um, what was it, that Nintendo put out Animal Crossing? Like, because they, 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 like, timed it perfectly with the pandemic. Like, because Animal Crossing came out, like, March, like, 25th or something, 2020. Like, like a week after. And why would like, they, t- <laughs> I haven't played Animal Crossing, so why would that oh, be? Oh, a- it was just, it was already supposed to be, like, a really big game. It's like one of those kinds of video games where you can sink like 500 hours into. Oh, okay. So like everyone will have time on their hands. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah. <laughs> so everybody like, I remember uh, during the pandemic too, like uh, Nintendo Switches were like $500, like because everybody wanted one, <laughs> right? So you go on like Offer Up or Craigslist and someone would have like this like Switch with a broken screen or something and they're like, 600 bucks. <laughs> like, like, I know what? you want it. Hey, you know, there's always someone who you know, whether or not they want to or not, but benefits from these sort of, you know, terrible situations. I went to, uh, had the ultimate pleasure of attending a um, service master clean conference in uh, Washington, DC. My (laughs) uncle was the employee of the year for this huge, like international cleaning company. And I've never seen a group of 2000 people more excited about a hurricane that just decimated the lives of like a whole East coast, you know, a whole, whole city. Uh, (laughs) You know, they're getting government contracts. He made a joke about it. He's like, the only people in the whole country who are stoked. I was like, oh, that's a little off color. It's pretty, it's pretty dark <laughs> yeah. humor here at the uh, this yeah. convention. Yeah. Yeah. Was... yeah, that's that's really cool that you're reading that book. That's I didn't I didn't know that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked to uh to to read it more. And then I also I'm only like a chapter in, but I started a just kind of a uh, more of an educational book written by Chris Voss that's never split the difference. It's a book on how to negotiate. And so, uh, yeah, I'm reading how to negotiate. So don't uh, enter any any sort of negotiations with me in the future. I'll be a deadly force. I won't be splitting the difference. I can tell you that. Well, uh, 
I think Mercury's in retrograde right now, so you're not supposed oh, to be okay. you're not supposed to be making any uh any deals or I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Um okay, so what did I do? Uh I fim- Oh, I read uh, all of uh Later by Stephen King. Ooh, you got your Stephen King book in this month. I did. I squeezed it in again. I know <laughs> we were all like, wondering. <laughs> it was only like it's like 250 pages, but I read it in like 24 hours. Wow. Uh, yeah, I really really crushed that book. Were you scraping the bottom of the Stephen King barrel or was it good? No, this is like one of the better Stephen King books I've read in a while. Ooh. It was really good. Like he's still got it. He's definitely still got it. Like Is I, it a recent? Uh, 2021. I think this oh, is wow. like technically his latest. No, I think I Gwen, uh, Wendy's button box or whatever is his latest one, but yeah, it's about this kid who can see dead people, and it's, he even he, even in the book he's like not like the kid from The Sixth Sense, like <laughs> he's like I know what you're thinking, um, but uh, it's about this kid who can see dead people, and like the cool thing about it is like they're like corporeal, like they're they're there, right? Like they're not ghosts or like they're not like you can't like see through them or anything. He just sees them, but they're in the clothes that they were in when they died, and they look the way that they did. Can you they touch them? Um, I won't go into that, but okay. Um, but the 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 kind of like twist on all of it is that when he talks to them, they can't lie to him. They can only mm. tell the truth to him. Um, uh, so that's like it like factors into the story. It's like it's like a single mom kind of like it's just like this kid and his mom and like i don't know whenever it's like a whenever it's like a mom thing in a book like my mom passed away when i was like 20 and so like what it's just like whenever there's a mom thing in a book i, I am going to finish that book yeah like, you always love it i don't know what someone's it is yeah, like, i mean i someone, do know what it is someone's like, parents die at the end the beginning of a book evan's like it's a winner like, wow, yeah dude. i have to read it <laughs> i just like immediately relate to this situation like so much um i mean i can't see dead people at least i think i can't but yeah, it's it was really good. Um, let's see. I'm still reading the Dispossessed. Um, I'm like a little more than halfway through it. I just I love it. I think it's a really amazing book. I might be a little too dumb for it though. Like, <laughs> what's it about? <laughs> the Dispossessed. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the one. That's the one by Ursula Le Guin about. Oh. It's like the the one planet that's kind of like collectivist and like socialist. Sure. And like yeah. The, okay. And it's really good. It's just like, oh man, like. And one goes there's, the other and like don't know about warfare or currency or anything, right? What's that? One like goes to the other planet and they don't know about like warfare or currency or anything, no, right? No, they're yeah. like, a, yeah, it's a, um, and I, I, I understand it, but I have to read it like really slowly. It's a very slow book, right? It's probably also one of those books that is written for the purpose of making a point, not just telling an awesome story. So you kind of want to really think about it. I'm sure. Get right. the point. I mean, I like, guess. I mean, like every point, every book's trying to make a point to one degree or another but yeah this sure. one this one seems to um there's parts of it that read like you know when you pick up a science fiction book and like the first page is just like littered with garbage like yeah like terms you've like <laughs> yeah. never heard before so it's like that even 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 like halfway into it uh-huh. um there's like different there's just stuff that it's like well it's like this guy's like a scientist right and so it Every now and then it kind of just like dips into what he was trying to study. And it's like, dude, I have no idea what any of this is. Like simultaneity and like relativity and like just like all this stuff. And I don't even know if it's like, did Ursula Le Guin come up with some of this stuff? Or like, did it's just like all real science and I just don't she know like about it? Like armchair mathematist? <laughs> I don't know. I think that woman, that woman was like four different really smart people combined into one. Like she did a translation of the Tao Te Ching. What? Like, yeah, just she did all these like... <laughs> 
don't even get me started on this woman. She's like the coolest person that ever lived. Super awesome, like feminist activist, but also wrote a fantasy series and then also wrote a big giant like interconnected science fiction world called the heinous cycle and also translated the Tao Te Ching and like, <laughs> wow, just, she's just like easily one of the coolest people that ever lived. And so now I'm like trying to read this book and she is just leagues smarter than me <laughs> like so much <laughs> but i think i get it and i'm having a good time with it i think it's just like one of those books you might need to read twice you yeah. know like i'll probably read it again in like a few years but it is really cool when they can bring their expertise about something other than you know the, the story that they're writing kind of into the thing that's one of the reasons why it is not only very confusing but so deep the the story and the world of Ma uh, malazan i always say it wrong you always correct me is it malazan all right, I heard Steven Erickson in an interview once say it's Malazan. Malazan. Like you would say okay. like you would say Germany instead of Germany. He says sure. Malazan instead Malazan. of okay. instead of Malazan. That's a good way like, to help me remember. I'll try. I, well, kind of, but the uh, the there was a kind of a crappy example on his part. This is like an extra because, vowel. <laughs> Cuz he puts the he puts the emphasis on the wrong the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> whatever but i'm pretty sure it's malazan but yeah i, I know what you i know what you mean because um there's like a lot of uh wasn't uh erickson like an anthropologist he's an archaeologist he i'm pretty sure he was like a canadian oh i, I just googled it he's an arthur an archaeologist anthropologist and oh. best-selling author both oh right, wow okay uh wow so he you, and that's why you like those books have so much depth like they're constantly coming across like old civilizations that you get to learn a whole lot about and you're like i'm already confused about the present day one that's why there's so many clay pots in those books <laughs> you notice that yeah never put those two things together though everything in malazan is ochre like he <laughs> <is> loves ochre. <laughs> he loves that word so much ochre. i don't know what ochre is it's like the color of your jacket like brown like it's like oh, a brown, okay like a brownish uh, i think it's like I think it's like a a dark. It's a the color that everything in Las Vegas is. Okay. Uh, o O C R E. Oh, okay. Yeah, you would like, never have spelled that. No. Um, ochre. I was way wrong. Yeah, ochre. Um, wow. Oh yeah. yeah it's yeah, like it's a. Okay. It's like a. Yeah. It's like a. <laughs> like, like a, a vintage brown. brown. Right. It's like <laughs> that. It's like that kind of like. You know, in the '70s, where everything had that kind of like nicotine stain brown. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, it's like sepia like tone kind of. Yeah, totally. Ochre. <laughs> nicotine stain brown. Gross. <laughs> I mean, everybody was smoking inside all yeah, the time. That's true. But you watch any movie from the '70s, and everything is that color. Dude, straight up. <laughs> You're like this. This. How can this be bad for us? <laughs> uh, what else am I doing? I'm reading. Um, I'm still reading Legendborn, but I took a break on it, and I like it a lot. I just. I was reading Winter Night and trying to get that busted out, and then I needed to read another Stephen King book, and I'm still trying to get through The Dispossessed, and I need to start Warbreaker, and I just like I'm getting a little, you know, we had a whole a whole episode on this, <laughs> like yeah. reading multiple books at once, and I think I I might have bit off just a, like a little bit, so I had to pause one book, and I paused. You have the added pressure of like, hey, by the way, on Tuesday you got to have this book finished because we're doing a podcast right. on it, so there's kind of a priority. Uh, tr there's book triage happening there that may not occur on the. Uh, average soul so don't feel bad i yeah thank You're you killing it. i mean i i do have a pretty lengthy vacation coming up and the reason for the vacation is a, a wedding so i mean i i gotta be at the wedding but i don't really have anything much planned for when i'm in england um, you want to like see england well i guess you've been there before no i haven't actually uh, hung out there uh, i've hung out in like bristol but i haven't hung out in london before 
Um, oh, cool. So yeah, I'm gonna do hang out in London for a little while and like go to some bookstores and some coffee shops and go. I want to go see Big Ben and like walk across the bridge and stuff and do the uh, do the whole thing. Yeah, dude. Like, bookstores that'd be awesome. But they've got some yeah. seedy little like. Awesome I bet they've got some stores. really good ones. Yeah. If anyone's yeah. listening, um, definitely hit me up in the Discord or through the email and let me know um, if there's any cool spots in London to go check out some books because I am bringing an entire empty suitcase with me are you <laughs> really well it's my birthday yeah, and like dude, no, i want to buy myself awesome. some cool books like i want to like because they have uk editions over there Ooh, you know so yeah i went to where uh, everything is written in a british accent <laughs> yeah, they change <laughs> all the words <laughs> that's the uk edition <laughs> but yeah that, that'll be fun I, th- I think i'll knock some stuff out like the plane ride is pretty long i, I like reading on planes and stuff so like i'll probably knock out warbreaker legendborn um i was thinking about starting battle royale but i don't know if that's like a very i don't know if that's like a vacation book <laughs> you know it's just like a, it's gonna be grisly yeah it's like a 700 page book about like kids murdering each other so like <laughs> i don't really know if i want to read that over there i'm kind of looking at my shelf right now let me see like let me see what I might bring over there. Uh, I just got that book, uh, The Ministry for the Future by Kim Stanley Robinson. I might give that a go, but I feel like that might be a little depressing too. Hmm. Uh, maybe all books are depressing. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, um, okay, I might actually bring uh, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Ooh, Paolini. Okay. I think I'm going to read that. Um, and I also have uh, The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea, which I, I really want to get to. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring some stuff over there. I have my Kindle. I'm all set. Um, but yeah, the last couple of weeks have just been like, really cluttered and chaotic with like work and editing and um writing and doing everything that i do so it's been nice i mean i read like shit i mean i read like nine books this month like yeah i mean we did the whole uh, winter night in three weeks yeah we did which isn't that impressive but we also read books in addition to that over yeah. those three weeks did you start uh the dragon republic yet no i haven't i haven't even purchased it yet i need to someone was kind enough to send me the poppy war and so i'm just like spoiled now i'm like when i have to go buy myself what? Uh, dude go buy books come on <laughs> <laughs> i know i will yeah. i'm just like oh. working on like three and i have a back bill i have like a backup of like six or seven Here, books i'll buy i'll buy it for you right now <laughs> you don't need to buy me the book what I mean, I, I won't say I won't stop you from buying. I know book. that's like so out of character for you. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> you never you told me definitely to not... buy me a book. <laughs> How much is it? We'll talk about this later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I scrolled over the price. Uh, How good of a friend am I? No, it's just hard for me to justify because I have so many books that I also really want to read. You know, I know sometimes I go to I've, I went to Powell's like four days ago and I just I walked out with nothing because I was just wow. like, well, I mean, like, what's the point, man? It's going to sit on my shelf for like I know. six months. Like, I mean, it's I like adding stuff, but at a, at a certain point, I've got like 100 books I need to read. Yeah, you know, no, my wow is from willpower. That's incredible. It wasn't even willpower. Just like <laughs> pure was, logic. Yeah, I was just like, well, I mean, yeah, I could spend $30 on this hardcover edition of this book I really want. But like also... I've got a hundred paperbacks sitting right. here, so I'll get. Like, I mean, why, why would I, I buy a game when I'm playing another one? I don't know, but, I, but I've said that, and I've got like three books on my like on my <laughs> desk right now that I just bought myself on Amazon like three days ago. So, <laughs> oh, actually, I did. Yeah, I got um, I got myself for my birthday. I got um, the Legends of Dritzt by Arya Salvatore, the first oh, three books. Yeah, Homeland Exile Sojourn. Yeah, it's all in this like really cool little volume. It's like fifteen bucks, and ah, like I was. I I read Crystal. I read uh, the Icewind Dale trilogy, but I haven't mm-hmm. read 
the first trilogy. So I'm pretty excited to get into it at some point soon. Dude, I'm like trying to not mention those books now because I just love them so much. I'm sure yeah. everyone's sick of hearing me talking about them. But dude, I'm so excited for you to read those. If there's anything that's like a cozy home book for me, it's those. They're just the most classic fantasy that ever fantasied, you know? Right. Yeah, I haven't really, I don't I haven't been playing anything or watching anything. I've just been like reading and writing and podcasting and working pretty much. How's the like, writing going? Um, I'm in like the last act of my rewrite for a book that I'm working on. And I'm, I'm really happy with a lot of it, but I think I'm going to have to do another rewrite even like, I want to do it right. You know, like I could probably even throw it up like right now and just be like, Hey, I wrote a book, everybody go read it, but I want to do it right. Right. Yeah. It, like, I mean, cause the first, my first draft was like 53,000 words or something. It was like barely over 200 pages. Okay. And now I'm rounding out, like getting into like 70,000. I want to get it up to like 80,000 and like really flesh some stuff out and, you know, because there's some stuff that doesn't really make any sense. And it's like, why would that happen? Like kind of like redundancies and contradictions and things like that, that I'm just trying to trying to like iron out. Like I know where I want everything to end up. And I think it's going to end in a really cool spot. Are you going to turn it into a series? No, no, um, we stand alone. But it, the next the other book that I'm the other books that I'm working on all take place in the same world oh, okay. um, around the same time, but with different characters. Uh, okay. So. I like it when an author does that because it saves them and me the effort of having to learn a whole new realm, um, a whole new world in the next books. They can just like kind of focus on character development and like, you know, I always use my it's OK. We've learned the world. We've learned the characters. We've gone through the gross phase. We know who's good, who's bad, who's the, all the allegiances. Time to shake the snow globe and the maelstrom to occur and just all this crazy situations to happen and the fun to right. begin, you know, and it allows for that to happen much sooner um, when the stage is already set so well. So I, I like that. When authors do yeah. That. I like the idea of having like three or four or five books or whatever, just kind of like you could just pick up whatever one and then the other ones would kind of just enhance the reading of the other ones that you read. Right. Um, they have like lore that crosses over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's I mean, that's cool. what, I, that's what I'm working on, but you know, it's a very slow, difficult process, but uh, I mean, so on my on my good days, I'll I'll knock out like three thousand words, and it's it's moving along pretty well. And then you know sometimes I'm <laughs> I'm like negative, like I've deleted more stuff than I've written, and it's just dude, you are the you delete know. king. This is one of the reasons why you're the yin to my yang, Evan. Just for people listening here, Evan has deleted not more podcasts than we've made, but like like the first time we sat <laughs> down to make a, a podcast, lot <laughs> a lot. And I'm you know I just it's hard for me like on an emotional level to delete something like that. You know, first time we ever sat down to podcast, we were like an hour in and I thought it was just pure gold. It was totally not. It was utter garbage <laughs> because we hadn't even gotten to our topic yet. We were just geeking out and all over the map. And I was like, all right, all right, man, this is, this is atrocious. We're all over the place. We, we haven't even started talking. I was like, yeah, but this is a good conversation we're having. And I was like, you know, save it. And he's like, well, no, it's already deleted. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and which is so good. Cause I need the, I need the deleters in my life. Just don't, you know, delete stuff that's gold. Maybe put know, them aside so when you're rich and famous, you can sell them as little like extras or something. Well, Give I me mean, some, I that's like them. the uh, that's like a lot of the um, the advice that I've heard and that I've also like given to other people too that are trying to write just like I am. It's like just just I mean, you know, I keep a I keep like a word doc <clears throat> for each book that I'm working on that I'll like just I, I call it deleted but still usable. Um, that's what I title it all the time. And I just like, I've deleted like 10,000 words and just, I just stick them in that file. And then like, if I'm, if I want to, I can read back over and see if there's anything I can salvage for like another thing that I'm working on in that book. Oh, interesting. But 
I get a little worried sometimes that like maybe I've painted myself into like a creative corner by like going on the internet and then telling everybody my thoughts on all these different books, you know, because mm. it, because it's like, now I feel like if I put something out, everyone's going to be like, well, this better be fucking good. Cause like, right. <laughs> cause this guy's been like on the internet talking about his like, like, job is to judge. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the name of the podcast is book reviews kill. Cause it's killing, it's going to kill my whole like, kill career. The book. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm just trying my best and um telling stories of like i really want to tell challenging myself and having fun with it instead of uh, it's like it's so tempting sometimes to just look at it like work and it is work but you don't want that to translate into the into the work you know like like because that was like my first uh, my first draft of this thing that i'm working on right now you're expressing yourself yeah and it's supposed to be fun like and fun can meet a lot of different things obviously but um it's like um, my first draft of this, I, it was so, I, it was wound so tight. Like I just, I didn't want any info dumping at all. So I tried to do all of my exposition through dialogue. Like I tried to have Whoa. like all of my world building just take place through conversations. But you must be and, really confident with conversations. That would be. Uh, yeah. I like my dialogue a lot, but like it's, <laughs> it was just so, there was no, it felt like just two people talking in a white room. Mm. You know, like that's kind of I re- I reread over it, and I was like, I can't believe I submitted this to people. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is so bad. You know, um, and even now, like rereading the reread and the rewrite, it's just like, well, yeah, that's better. But you know, what would be really cool is like this. You know, right. and and I've I've been writing before and had and not really known what I wanted to do with something, and then I'll just like kill someone. You know, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, what would happen in this situation, right? <laughs> And usually, you know, sometimes I, I won't keep that or anything. Does it hurt your heart when you ever kill someone? No. I mean, if it, I haven't killed anybody that I've spent like a lot of time on okay. yet. You know That'd what I mean? A big task. Yeah. I guess instead of, I, I should say, instead of like, like killing someone sounds like I'm like doing it to the, I, I like let someone die. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that's a, you are the god of their universe. Right. So. <laughs> um, but it is, I mean, it's, it's really fun. I mean, I, I wish that I had more time to do it like i do have to work like this day job and stuff and i've got like a lot of other creative endeavors that i'm trying to do um and it feels like it's one of those things that i feel like i could do for like 12 hours straight and sometimes i go into it with that mindset and then like like 45 minutes goes by and i'm just so mentally drained and like don't want to do it anymore because <laughs> it's just it's like kind of an exhausting process oh yeah you know but it, i found that it's less exhausting when i'm just kind of like spitballing you know right. i'm just kind of yeah, like, allow yourself to have fun with it right it's like it, it becomes less exhausting the the less you are listening to that inner critic you know it's like it becomes a lot more fun and the time really the, the time and the word count really starts to fly by when you're just like and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then if you want you can go back and kind of change it to this happened and then because this happened this happened and then and then therefore this happened because that's you, you want to avoid you know just doing the this happened and then this happened and then right this like you don't want it to really read like that the um, dominoes falling over but it is kind of fun to write it like that sometimes because it's <laughs> just it's just fun like it's just um like i've i've been i like let myself go off on like little tangents you know like i, I i'll go a little specific here like i have my main character walking up the side of a mountain and it's freezing right and it's and it's like instead of instead of like writing about how cold it is, I gave them like this memory of them seeing a de- a cat frozen to death outside of 
uh, their house when they were a kid. Oh, interesting. And like, and like thinking about like how that cat must have felt like right up until the moment it died, Ooh. and like you know what I mean. So it's like I, and then I went. And that's what we would do as humans, right? We would relate it to what we know, right? And so like because I decided that's to do that, I clever. was able to build that memory into backstory you know and like describe what that person's house was like and and like go into more detail with all of that right and that and builds like emotional connection right. from the reader and to that so, yeah that's good so, and i was really happy to do that and so when i did that i just went for it i didn't hit the backspace key or anything and i just started i typed like i did like six thousand words for like this memory right well, how many pages is that i don't know i don't um, think of things in word count usually it's like 250 words a page oh so that'd wow be like or well, that's a lot like 20 yeah, that's a lot but then i <laughs> paired but then i pared it down right did a little mini rewrite of like that little scene and kind of like kept because i just i was just like blah 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 blah. better be a good <laughs> like, backstory man i'm i'm a fan of 20 page 20 page, page <laughs> reminiscence i think i i think i can i think i paired it i don't know i'm just i'm throwing or a lot really of interesting you know that's maybe. fine yeah i mean there's a part in um cujo i think where stephen king just talks about like what like cereal manufacturing is for like <laughs> i don't even know how many pages and i remember Beatles. reading it and i was like man why do i think this is so interesting like it's kind of <laughs> the way it was written yeah sometimes things are just done super super well so i mean yeah, don't stop yourself from following your dreams off my like don't do that if it's interesting i'll read it for sure yeah i mean if anyone's listening to this and you know writing books and stuff just have fun with it throw a bunch of stuff at the wall like some of it sticks some of it doesn't and that's part of the process like don't get caught in this mindset where like if you're gonna type on a keyboard it better be good like no fuck that like it's it's it, there's no don't don't put yourself on a pedestal like yeah, or in a box wait until you've sold like a million copies you can put yourself on a pedestal then yeah you know it's funny i uh <laughs> i write not. a lot of poetry and like i do i can draw a lot of comparisons because it's most fun to, for me to just like freestyle and just like spit it out and just have but like the most the best pieces come when I'm like have a predetermined thought or idea about a story I want to tell or a thing that I, a topic that I want to discuss, but like, that's not as much fun. It can quickly go into like the road, not uh, into this is work, not um, fun. Right. Path. No, and so totally. it's like, I'll spitball for a little while. And then like you said, I'll go back and clean stuff up and just like, you know, make it actually fit together and like rhyme and not be like just a podgepodge of, me having fun but some of my best pieces were seeded from the right. fun in fact all of them were can i uh can i bounce an idea off of you actually while yeah, we're recording please. like yeah, i thought of this the yeah. other night <clears throat> okay so i wrote this scene like a while back and it, you read it actually oh i sent so, yeah, it, i sent it you like one... this first chapter kind of thing escaping um, the castle yeah i wrote like just this little scene of this guy escaping like with a magical object from like a mage's like castle uh -huh. and i made it like really hokey and just kind of like the mage was just like super magey and like oh it's so <laughs> was, fun though yeah it was fun and um and then he gets caught like outside the castle by like the uh the kind of like royal guard or whatever you know and then i was gonna have him go to like this kind of i was gonna have the whole book take place in a in a fantasy prison which i i think is is, the is, whole is book? A, yeah yeah cool um and it's a solid idea and i i want to i still kind of want to do something with that um but i had like this <laughs> this wild idea where like what if the prison is an island right and all the other the island is only populated by prisoners it's like a penal colony right but it's like free for all 
right? Okay. Ooh. Yeah, there's no one even guarding it. Okay. <laughs> it's just like this remote ass island out in the middle of the ocean. And the only way that you can guarantee your freedom to get off the island is if you kill the monster that lives in the middle of the island and nobody's been able to do it yet. What is the mechanism that would get them off? Yeah, like is someone watching? Yeah. Yeah, it's being okay, okay. it's not being guarded, but it's like being watched it's, somehow. Okay, some okay. Kind of, this should be some sort of spell or something. Yeah. But like I like the idea that like at any moment on this island, one of these other prisoners could kill you or you could make friends with them and like form some kind of like oh, yeah. alliance because there's no rule about um what what did it, what was it? I can't remember. I had, I I have it in my notes that like the rules would have to be really good, right? It'd be like a battle royale kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But with like a, I like that a lot. That's really fun. It's like a magical Alcatraz Hogwarts. Well, and like I'm really attracted to the idea of like big giant creatures. I feel like there's not enough of those in fantasy. No. And like Give I want to write more of them. City on a turtle's back. Yeah, like one of my one of my ideas for a book was having like a like it was like nautical fantasy where they had to go to this <laughs> there's another island, but like they had to go to this island and it was guarded by like a giant, giant like sea monster. And like no like they couldn't get around it. There was like the whole book is like them trying to uh they're like going to different islands and stuff, trying to like figure out the mystery of like the one way that was written down like one time about like mm-hmm. how to actually get past it. You know, and they're not even sure if it's going to work or anything. But, like, I just love, like, we need more big, giant monsters in our yeah, fantasy more books. Yeah, big, giant. I completely agree. <laughs> like, we're building, we're building out. We need to build up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am full support of that. Because, like, you know, there's something, like, just recently in cinema, like, in movies, do they have the technology to make vast creatures and things that are just like ginormous in size and there's like a sense of like awe and wonder yeah. there that oh it just strikes the it's that wonder juice that we're all chasing it strikes that into me i love that do that it's funny because i'm always disappointed with how big something is in like movies or like books yeah or TV, you know what i mean it's like dude let's go to the space like, like the olifants like, were a lot bigger in my mind make them make them like literally like ten thousand feet like you can't see the top of it yes. you know what i mean like cthulhu like <laughs> yeah like there's like a there's like a society living on their back and they're unaware that they're on a creature oh that's a really good idea <laughs> yeah. let's go or the society is in the creature zelda style <laughs> that's really good too <laughs> All right, we could uh, we we, we could spitball this all night. Uh, let's hear your uh, fiction fictional fun fact. Oh yeah, okay, okay. So I this appreciate is like a you listening to my idea. I appreciate it. Oh, dude, I love that stuff because I'm not a writer, as you know, but I am an idea man, and so oh, yeah. I love um, bouncing I, stuff off of you. I love being bounced off of. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> we love to Keep see that it. in context. Okay, so this is a fun one because this is trivial fun fact pursuit. This is a question for you. As of 2020, which author has the most written works that were adapted into Hollywood films? As of today? No, as um, of yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. As of her, 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 her. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Because he could. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get you. Can I get like, <laughs> can I get like three guesses? Sure. Yeah. Okay, you can even cool. ask for hints or something. Like, I don't know if I need hints. I think I'll be okay, all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so confident it could be anybody okay um is it ian fleming it is not ian fleming is it agatha christie it is not agatha christie oh man i thought man wow did you think i would get it 
Yeah. You're always such a good guesser. Like I can tell you about a book and I'm like, well, you know, they were standing on the ocean. You're like, oh, but I'm like, what? What? I told you one thing. But I haven't gotten this right. Like I only get one more guess. I know. I know. But you always been. Ask the question again. As of 2020, mm-hmm. which author has the most written works that were adapted into Hollywood films? Do you want to know? Uh, like, is it is it gender or the well, year what I wanna... they were born? What I'm curious of is a like number of separate like movies or is it like number of renditions of the same story? Like, cause it like Cinderella oh, has like a million different stories. Okay. Different stories. Yeah. So this person wrote a lot of books, many of which have been turned into movies. How is it not Ian Fleming? That's so wild. Um, You're going to hate yourself. They have sold more than 350 million copies many different books many different stories uh, many of which you have read oh is it stephen king <laughs> it is stephen is it king. really oh wow i <laughs> yes, can't believe i didn't is. get that wow is it really <laughs> that's why i was yeah more than it more is. than ian fleming 34 34 written oh, works that wow. were turned into movies yeah isn't that incredible i thought that you were going to guess it like know it immediately no i, that's why I, I was I like figured, pursuit i mean i figured it was ian fleming because like th- all those james bond movies there's like so many james bond movies yeah, um, how many James did he write all the books? Yeah, he also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Fun really? fact: wow. Yeah, Ian Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow, weird. Yeah, that movie's fucking weird. Have you seen it that movie? Really weird. Yeah, I have. It's been a while, but I don't even recommend anybody watch weird. that. Yeah, that's no. Another classic that people are like, you gotta see it. That I don't recommend is uh, West Side Story. I literally turned it off halfway through. I was like, this book, this movie sucks. Not a fan. I've, I've never seen it. <laughs> that the one where they're like snapping their fingers. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Dylan and I rented it. We were like, you know, nineteen. We like got all blunted out, and we we're like, let's go watch that. And so we rolled a fatty, and halfway through, he was like, "Do you hate this?" I was like, "Yeah, dude." <laughs> he turned it off. <laughs> Played Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I mean, Stephen King makes. Did you know that uh, he has been known to sell the rights to his movies uh, for like a dollar? What? I think he only does it for certain. I'm sure he's made considerable money off of some of them but like i think right, i mean 34 I think it's to like uh like college students or like you know what i mean like yeah, small he's like an studios. opportunity gifter yeah he's like oh yeah you can do whatever you want with that like I, I don't think so it's for cool. like his bigger books i think it's like if someone wanted to make a movie out of like blaze or something and they're like a college right. student he'll give it to you for like a dollar um, wow like that. that's really cool i mean that's awesome because they could make something odd it's like an opportunity for him and like so cool for this up and comer you know that they right. get to just the opportunity to try and and stephen king's just like that kind of guy he's like he's doing fine like he talks about oh, how yeah. much money he has like all the time it's is he really a cool fun. guy i've never like seen him in an interview yeah or yeah he seems like a really awesome person i mean i don't hang out with him pretty every weird day. uh yeah i mean like it's, it's like um weekends. it's like uh like junji ito the guy that does all those um like horror manga oh yeah uh-huh. like he's like a total teddy bear like everybody like he's like the nicest guy ever apparently um huh. there's like a whole junji ito subreddit and like the main thrust of like a lot of the jokes on there are like how nice of a guy he is and how fucked huh. up his books are <laughs> i don't know you don't have to be a messed up person to write messed up stuff yeah that's true yeah stephen king i mean he doesn't he has one of those faces that like he could be a villain you know, he doesn't have a lovable face. It's not a bad face. It's just, you know, it's still votes out, votes out. Steve, Steve, if you're listening to this, uh, I think you have a lovable face. Oh, I mean, you know, it's, it's a face that could conquer the world. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that it's immediately like, oh, like, yeah, no, I, <laughs> he's I know you're definitely saying. the good guy. He would probably agree with you, too. Yeah, yeah. 
he'd be like, and I'm probably not the good guy. <laughs> he's he's got a re- he's got a face that's really easy to kind of like caricature. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, if you look up Stephen King on The Simpsons, like a picture of that, like it looks exactly like him. <laughs> it does. You see, it? yeah, it's wow, like... <laughs> he really, yeah, really does. <laughs> Which is kind of hard, you know. You're given like a like a, a yellow ball and like hair and a nose and like glasses, and you have to make a person. They did a good job. It's like that big upper lip. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. 350 million copies. Like Dan Brown yeah. must be kind of jealous. I think Dan Brown sold more. He did, but not over so many different diverse books. You know? Right, totally. Actually, I mean, I feel like <laughs> if anyone's jealous, it's probably Stephen King because he had to crank yeah, out seriously. like 70 of them. <laughs> like, like 40 Dan Brown's times like, harder. Or like six books. Sold yeah. like 400 million copies. <laughs> He's like, you're like a one-hit wonder band, though. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah. I mean, Dan Brown's not really a one-hit wonder. I mean... No, you know, it was like an eight-hit wonder. I like just trying to convince somebody... Like, like yesterday to read angels and demons <laughs> dude i almost bought it at goodwill the other day because uh, i lost my copy i don't know years ago i'm sure loaning it out and i was like "Ooh, but if i have it i'm gonna want to read it and like i just i feel like angels and demons would be a really good like audiobook read if you've like already read it Ooh, you could like play video games and listen to angels and demons and have a blast yeah. i mean even if you haven't read it like just even if you never read it try it on audiobook yeah i was just scared of it because i was like if i begin if i like open the first page I'm going to read till the end page because it's just engorging. That's not the right word. In- nope. nope. En- engrossing. That's engrossing. Thank you. I was like, it's, I know it's gonna be in G. <laughs> I'm so engorged. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I am engorged with this. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up. Yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to this very long, very rambly edition of uh, the Monday Morning Minute. That was a fun one. Thanks for telling yeah. me about your book. Thanks for telling us about your book. Yeah, man. of course. Yeah, well, look out for it in a couple of years. I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> trying. Yeah, and uh, happy early birthday to you. What is that, two days from now? It's on Wednesday. I'm a Gemini. Wednesday. Yeah, two days day after tomorrow. Well, I mean, I guess it's 1230 right now. So day after tomorrow, technically only. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, really appreciate you being here, whether or not you're on your way to work or you're just hanging out at home. Either way, we love to see it. And uh, happy reading. Have a good week. Bye, everybody.